Red Hat is an enterprise software company with an open source development model. We're helping the world to consume open source software in a very productive manner. We want to make sure we provide choice to our customers and choice basically provides for them taking the decision in their own hands, which is basically giving you the sovereign decisions. In order to have that flexibility of choice at your fingertip, at your availability, it is our job to make sure that our software is standardized, does work on basically all the relevant platforms. I wouldn't say even many. They need to work on all the relevant platforms. We'll give sovereignty to the decision maker at customers or at, let's call it organizations, publicly as well. This is Sierra TV. My name is Hendrik Deckers. I'm here today with Hans Roth, who is the Senior Vice President and the GM EMEA of Red Hat. A very warm welcome, Hans. Thank you very much for having me here, Hendrik. Hans, you have degrees in economics and in finance from the uh, Euro Business College in Hamburg and from the University of Applied Sciences in Utrecht. Yes. You started your career in fashion at uh, CNA and you had a long career in consulting at companies such as KPMG, IDS Shear, HP Enterprise, and in 2016, you joined Red Hat, where today you're leading the uh, EMEA business. Correct. So Hans, tell us a little bit more about yourself. What is your background? What are your secrets? And how did you uh, end up in this position where you're today? No, thank you very much. I mean, it's a good summary of it. And I don't speak Dutch, right, <laughs> first of all, uh, to say that. Um, I mean, um, look, I have been developing my career from various areas. So I've been starting to work, I would say, from the age of uh, 14. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, my my parents. This is how I came to say it. Actually, my, my father was uh, uh, in in that uh, in that company and uh, made me work from the very first day on the weekends. You know, to earn my own money. So that was very interesting. So this is how I came to that. Mm -hmm. um, the interesting piece is that I I have never been. It's probably a secret now. I can I can uh, I can disclose here. I have never been close to IT in my young life. So mm -hmm. other than probably uh, some of my fellow colleagues here who kind of like started to work on the computer and the yep. Commodore, right? When they were um, at the age of whatever, 12, 13 and mm -hmm. so on, right? I never did that. I never, my first PC was actually a Mac. Okay. Right, which is a very unusual for my, uh, my guild of, of, of coworkers here, right? Mm -hmm. But I came to the, um, to the IT industry Interestingly, and I, I call this kind of like through through the church, through the church. Yes. So um, I mean, you you called out my my career there a little bit. So I was actually uh, when I was 19, I started to open my own business with a friend. So we were producing clothes, mm -hmm. right? I'm I'm a bit older, right? I mean, we probably almost uh, same age, yeah. maybe. So we were in the area of techno times, right? So I was, we were printing shirts, we were, oh, yeah. we were doing that. So we were big, very big into that. And uh, actually we, um, let's say we had good times, mm -hmm. right? But every good time has an end. So, and that end was basically uh, that we couldn't survive financially our business, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I started to study then um, and I started to, uh, to, to study economics, to mm -hmm. understand what we did wrong. Yep. Right? I hope I got it now. Um, but at the end of the day, during my studies, um, I was called by um, the, 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 the Jesuits, and they were asking me, actually, 
um, if I could not help them to to optimize and organize their fundraising system mm -hmm. because it's all on paper. And I said it's not a problem for me. I will I will do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started to actually um, use my skills on the Mac because they were running everything on the Mac. And this is 30 years ago, right? Okay. Um, and um, I started to to basically create a fundraising system out of scratch from them. That was my first IT project. Uh, for a church. Of, uh, <laughs> for a church, right? For, uh, um, so I could also say God helped me to be part of, of the, the IT, IT industry, community. right? Uh, so which is, which is basically my history on that and, uh, yeah, and, and ever game through, through my life here. Yeah. Okay. So today we're here at Red Hat. For those few people who don't know Red Hat yet, in one sentence, what is it that Red Hat does and that it does really, really well? Well, Red Hat is a very simple an enterprise software company with an open source development model. Yep. Um, that's what we're doing. So we're helping, uh, we're helping uh, the world to consume open source software in a very productive manner. Okay. And 30 years ago, because Red Hat is this year, I think, a 30 years old uh, company, it was maybe 100 people. And over the last five, and today it's 20,000 people. Over the last five years, the revenue has doubled. So you have seen a an, uh, an, an very, very impressive growth. Yes. So how do you manage a fast growth pace like that? Yeah, that's very good. And by the way, just to come back to the 30 years, uh -huh. the first thing Red Hat ever sold for revenue was T-shirts, right? So <laughs> that's probably why I'm here as well. No, but um, look, I think um, this growth can only be managed Um, and it's, it's really an impressive growth over those times, right? Um, and I think if I would decompose it to maybe three core components of the growth, um, I would say um, it's the people and the culture we have in the company. It is the ecosystem, which includes partners, but also our customers, mm -hmm. who, are, who are absolutely important part of that. And um, finally, it is, it is the innovative development model which we're having in the open source. I think these three, and I can maybe compose that a little bit. If you think about our people, and I tend to, to say that nobody joins Red Hat because of the pension plan we're having, right? Everybody wants to make an impact here. Mm -hmm. Everybody is absolutely up on, on being 100% engaged on what you're doing every day. Um, there's a big passion of everyone, which is kind of like uh, a culture of passion which we are cultivating mm -hmm. internally as well and which helps us a lot to, to really um, uh, get this, this, uh, this, this growth managed um, over time. Mm -hmm. So that's one of, the, one of the areas where I think people and culture are making a big difference. And it's always said as the secret sauce of Red Hat here, right? Um, then you think about our ecosystem um, and um, we can call out in the early days, the ecosystem, uh, the partnerships with our OEMs, Um, about certifying our software. I mean, you know, we also need to think a little bit about the risk people are taking uh, certifying software mm -hmm. for, these, uh, for this company who is just coming up, right, and, and, and playing some things there. So there was a lot of commitment on both sides yep. in order to make that happen, um, which also includes partners and, and, and customers then who basically came up and said, like, uh, we want to do that together with you and we trust you can do that. So... I think that's another ingredient of growth there. And, and finally, our consistent um, work we are doing in the open source mm -hmm. and being true to our values in, in uh, basically putting everything we are doing back to the community, 
uh, committing back to the communities and, and help uh, growing those is another core thing yeah. which helped uh, Red Hat to grow over time. So let's go a little bit deeper on these three fronts. So let's first talk about open culture that you have here. Yes. Because, I mean, we've been working together with Red Hat from CIONet for several years, and it's really something that is striking. How would you describe the culture here, and, and what is it that really that... How do you build a culture? How do you keep a culture like that? Yeah. I think it's... I mean, it was hard over the last two years to keep that culture up, and I don't uh, envy anyone who, who joined Red Hat uh, during the, the pandemic right here. Uh, not being able to feel that because, I mean, there's a lot of senses to coming to that. So I, I would say, um, look, um, our culture is uh, something we are reminding ourselves on every day. It's probably the, the secret sauce, the mantra, if you want to say, right, uh, which we need to understand. I mean, uh, Red Hat is not owning a lot of assets, right? Mm -hmm. uh, our source codes are available for everyone, right? We don't have a lot of buildings here, right, except one in Raleigh, right? The rest is rented. So it's really the, 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 the capital of the company is the brain power of our people and, and the motivation of our people, which we do. Um, um, I mean, I think one of the key things which I also have seen from my history coming from many other, other companies, I think diversity and inclusion is one thing we are not just having as a buzzword on our, on our, on our sites or on our uh, corporate books. Mm -hmm. It's something we're living every day. Yeah. Um, and I personally came from a very uh, hierarchical environment. If you think about uh, uh, Hewlett Packard, which is, is a long-standing company, right? Um, obviously, it was very interesting here to see that titles are nothing, right? Uh, you talk over the argument, uh, you win with the argument. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a voice. And um, yeah, we cultivate this every day as leaders as well. Yeah. Okay. So you also talked about the importance of the ecosystem and, and, and partners. Tell me a little bit more about that. How does that manifest? Can you give an example of also how maybe on, on EMEA level you work with your partners? Absolutely. Um, and I think it's getting more and more and more important mm -hmm. um, over, the, over the last couple of, uh, of, of years even especially when it comes to the new platforms we're having. Mm -hmm. so if I, I mean, I, I can just, before we had our meeting, I was uh, sitting together with one of our largest GSI partners we have here uh, in the region, uh, which is Accenture. Mm -hmm. um, and it's probably an interesting journey of how we are working together with uh, those GSIs together. And we have more, right? I mean, it's Deloitte, it's Atos, it's Accenture. Uh, we have, but this specific partnership, we have also announced... Uh, during summit, beginning of last year, actually, um, that we work very closely together. This is a, we are trending to put our open and inclusive culture into those partnerships as well, mm -hmm. which means um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm talking to my colleague in Accenture, like we talk here today, or, or I, I talk with everyone, so there's not a lot of boundaries. Yeah. So that's very important. From an ecosystem point of view, um, we really have uh, a couple of different areas we're working now together with partners. One thing is, I would say, um, creating choice for our customers with the ecosystem, which means onboarding ISVs, onboarding um, as much as services as we can onto the OpenShift platform to make sure that we are available as a choice, right, uh, for, for our customer, and we can basically access the full portfolio a customer needs for that. Second part of the ecosystem we're working together is 
um, I call this availability. Mm -hmm. So think about the channels we are having with our distribution partners, but also think about the the channel we are having now. I mean, the hyperscalers like the Amazons, the Azures, um, Google, um, or IBM Cloud mm -hmm. being available since I would say the last five years and, and ever growing. Mm -hmm. um, so we make sure that Red Hat software is available on all of these platforms. Yep. There's a very important ecosystem play for us because we need to make sure that, uh, that we can provide this choice in order to follow our mission of being a multi-cloud player. Yep. Um, and then finally, uh, what I alluded to with, a, with our system integrators in terms of uh, partnerships here, it's really around this adoption and expansion of the usage mm -hmm. um, of, uh, of the software. We, are, we do have a small consulting for, uh, arm yep. uh, inside of Red Hat, but that is basically focused on our technology, making sure it can work. But then the adoption really comes with those partners. Okay. And so next to the culture, your own people, your partners and ecosystem, um, you have, of course, the, your clients. So, the, so how in essential or in essence is it that Red Hat really helps organizations to become more successful? So, um, I mean, outside, let's put it like this, outside of um, helping really clients to use the innovative power mm -hmm. of the open source, I would say, I think there is no argument anymore that the innovation sits in open source. I think everybody, everybody knows. But you need to be able to use that power, right? And the usage of that is really something we have um, on top of the list of our importance of our um, support we're giving to customers in order to make, hap make that happen. I think um, it is not to be underestimated the importance of really driving also the, um, the cultural impact um, a company like Red Hat makes to, uh, to our customers. So um, we are very close um, with, uh, with, with, with our customers, with the projects we are doing together, We're almost melting the teams together. And this is on my level as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm high-fiving with, uh, with uh, my, my colleagues on, on some very traditional European companies, right? Uh, making sure we work together. So I think that is, that is a core component. One of the CIOs uh, once mentioned to me, um, uh, and somebody who was very close to us, really saying that, look, when we went to the time of troubles, you were always there, and that melted us together as, as an organization, and um, that's probably one of the core things we are yeah. working with customers. So Hans, tell me a little bit more about the open hybrid cloud. Uh, approach and strategy that you have. What, is it, what does that really mean and how does that manifest itself? Yes, so for us, Open Hybrid Cloud, and we're talking about this uh, since uh, uh, many, many years, is the core of probably the availability of open source um, for, for everyone. It is getting into control of your, of your business, mm -hmm. uh, being sovereign, if, if we call it like that, if we use that buzzword of today, uh, in the decisions you're taking because your, um, your applications, your workloads are interoperable between all the clouds, mm -hmm. multi-clouds, um, and uh, basically um, uh, your, 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 your core hardware. I mean, this is something which is really in the core DNA of, of Red Hat mm -hmm. that we always provide a choice. If you think about us being the operating system with RHEL, Mm -hmm. uh, of choice in the past uh, throughout all the data centers, 
I think we could now say we are the operating system of the cloud, right? We want to make sure we provide choice to our customers with that, and choice basically uh, provides for them um, taking the decision in their own hands, which is basically giving you the sovereign uh, decisions. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about digital sovereignty. I mean, today, what is it, 90% of our data here in the West is, uh, is based in, is hosted in the US. And, and digital technology and data are increasingly used as tools of power. Yes. Uh, and, and so individuals, companies, uh, government, they need to reevaluate and their exposure and their launching initiatives to, uh, to maintain or to reacquire their physical and digital control of their strategic assets, yes. being it data or algorithms or, uh, or software. So how do you look at that? What's, what is Red Hat's vision on digital sovereignty and how are you helping your customers in this, uh, in this quest for digital sovereignty? Absolutely, I mean, that is the key thing probably at the moment in everybody's mind. And um, I would say, first of all, um, it is maybe a complex thing people are talking about where you can reduce the complexity uh, into very simple core values which we are bringing into the market since, since many, many years. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it's the key value of having the choice of what you're doing. Where's your data? Um, where are your applications? Uh, where do you want to put your applications, right? Um, which infrastructure you want to use? Going back to that fundamental um, elements of, of getting, getting the choice in order to do that is something which is on top and which we believe is the key thing of sovereignty. Mm -hmm. So you are sovereign to choose your own destiny, yeah. uh, which means that um, um, obviously from, from a Red Hat point of view, uh, that is a big burden for us or a big uh, challenge mm -hmm. uh, for us as well, because in order to, to, to have that um, flexibility of choice uh, at your fingertip, at your availability, it is our job to make sure that our software is um, standardized, does work on, on, on basically all the relevant platforms. I wouldn't say even many. They need to work on all the relevant platforms. We are accessible into many areas. I mean, if you think about the relevance on that um, uh, and, and the availability of Red Hat um, on many different clouds, right? Just, uh, I mean, you, you think about AWS, Amazon, I talked about Microsoft, uh, IBM Cloud. Or your own data center. Or our own data, or your, I mean, yep. customers' own data center. But also thinking about the fact that, um, uh, to, just to, to show how important is the recent announcement that we are available on Oracle Cloud, right? Um, which is the core fundamental thing which we believe will give sovereignty to the decision maker at customers or at, let's call it, organizations yep. publicly as well. The second piece is, and uh, I'm, I'm just returned back from Mobile World Congress last week, uh, of course, like many uh, uh, fellows here probably. Um, if you think about also um, the, the, the sovereign network, the, the, the decomposition of hardware and software layers uh, in the networks, that's another very important point of, of providing this choice where we are absolutely focused on and we are working a lot together uh, with our core partners like Ericsson, Nokia, um, uh, making sure that that this abstraction layer is working gives you back choice, gives you back uh, um, the sovereignty you need in order to do that. 
third component, um, and um, that's something which we are also focusing on a lot, is uh, making sure from a political, from a policy-making point of view, um, we have that standards in place, which basically help us to provide or help us support. So I'm, I was uh, on the European Policy Summit for Open Source mm -hmm. um, a couple of weeks back, which is another very important point, I guess, for us, helping lawmakers, helping policymakers to embrace open source as a core fundamental area of, of, of bringing that, which again goes back to the idea of providing, uh, uh, giving you the tools back in the hand, right? You can take the choice where your data is, um, which basically allows you to be sovereign in whatever decision you make, but for that you need to be able to have this choice. Okay. Now, Hans, you speak to a lot of CIOs, right? On a, on a daily basis, I assume. I mean, uh, and that on, on European level. Uh, so, um, if you look at where CIOs are today, where they were five years ago, and if you look at where, how they're evolving, how do you see their role in business today? And, and what, would, um, what would your advice be to CIOs and digital leaders in general on where do you think they need to focus on uh, really today? Very good question. And yes, it is, it is, a, it is a, there is a lot of change. Mm -hmm. I think um, from a traditional um, IT, like outage kind of like management, making sure the whole thing works every day. Um, and, and there are, there are um, basically also what I'm coming from, right, if, if I think about it, to a innovation leadership, right, where uh, today CIOs are more and more involved into a conversation about how can we innovate our business models mm -hmm. by using technology in a, in, a, in a smarter way, in a better way, and actually providing that choice we're having yep. uh, with all the elements of security, um, uh, uh, cost elements. Um, uh, I mean, now we're talking a lot about uh, carbon footprints, right, and, and, and sustainability. This is, I think, all kept, uh, kept like a basic, mm -hmm. a basic element of, 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 of things. But um, my, my, the key thing, and I think the key advice, I'm, I'm, or advice, uh, if I may, the, the, the key conversation I think we need to have is kind of, how can IT be a vital part of the innovation driver in a company? Mm -hmm. uh, which is more than just making sure that there is no, uh, no, no, uh, no, no legacy in place, which kind of like stops from innovating but really driving that next level and, uh, uh, of innovation. I think that's the key point. Okay. I think that openness is very important. Good. Let's talk a little bit more about your own role and your own organization. Uh, so tell us a little bit how is Red Tamiya organized and what is, what is really your role here? Where do you spend most of your time? Mm -hmm. I start with the last thing first, right? I spent most of my time thinking about, uh, obviously, our customers and how I can help um, to make that impact which we want to make. Um, that, is, that is core fundamental. That, that can be externally focused by uh, putting myself into the discussion with, with our customers, our partners, right? Or helping our teams, coaching our teams, mentoring our teams in order to do that uh, conversation. Now, um, from, a, from a Red Hat point, from an organizational point of view, uh, I think... There are two big blocks which we probably need to separate inside of Red Hat. Okay. One is the field organization mm -hmm. and one is our development organization. Yep. And this is the way we are, we are organized. 
So um, for Red Hat, I'm running the field organization in EMEA, yep. which basically means everything around customer success, sales organization, revenue leadership, um, adoption, and, and, and our partnerships we're having here in EMEA. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm taking the responsibility yep. for. And um, I'm, uh, you know, I think that's that's the core component. And what is what is that you are focusing on in, in, in your role? I mean, you need to lead all this, but where is that you? I mean, besides for customers, where what's what's the most challenging bit of, of, of your role? I think the most challenging bit of my role is connected to um, our cultural um, heritage, mm -hmm. right? Because we want to make sure that everybody has a very strong opinion and a very strong mind in what we are doing every day. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we are a commercial organization and we need to make sure that we have some kind of conformity in the way we are doing things, yeah. right? So um, I think that balance between, um, between absolute freedom, right, and accountability uh, um, is, is, is the balancing act um, I'm, I'm spending my time on making sure everybody can yeah. lead on their own uh, within, a, within a network of, of, of teams here. Okay. Well, how would you describe your, your management style? I mean, you manage very diverse teams, uh, teams in South Africa, here in Germany, in the Nordics, and so on and so on. How would you describe your, uh, your management style and, and how do you make sure that you build successful teams? Yes. So my, my style is very visionary, I would say, right? Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, um, I'm, I'm, I love uh, uh, explaining the vision or developing a vision together with, my, with, with the teams, uh, mm -hmm. um, making sure that we have joint understanding of that vision and then um, having autonomous teams that can really work um, the way and, 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 and be... Uh, yeah, be the ones who are who are actually mm -hmm. uh, driving that forward. I think teams are as long important as it as it leads to success, mm -hmm. yeah, and and can be dissolved again. Yeah. So that's really that's really the management style I'm 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 having. Yeah, and wh what is the your secret of success in in attracting the right people? Uh, motivating them, growing them, and making sure that they stay with the company. Because many people stay quite a long time here at, at Red Hat, I think, in, in general. So what's the secret of your success in, in building this and acquiring, getting, keeping the right people here? Yeah, I think, obviously, in order to, in, in order to be attractive, first of all, right? If, if, you, if, you, if you think about the engagement cycle of, of somebody to come to Red Hat, mm -hmm. uh, we, we have the basics right, okay? I think uh, we do a lot of, uh, we do a lot of work in the, in the great place to work uh, environment, right? And, and we, we listen a lot there. But at the end of the day, once, once we are here, I think, and I said it before, uh, nobody joined Red Hat because of the pension plan, mm -hmm. which basically means uh, we need to make sure that we keep on uh, being attractive for this diverse talent. And diversity is in... In, in many different aspects, right? Diversity in, in your, um, obviously in, 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 uh, in, in gender, in, in whatever other directions you're having, but um, also diversity in mindsets. I think that is something I'm, I'm really very much focused about, having uh, people with strong opinions, allowing them to drive their opinions, but in a respectful manner. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's a core component here at Red Hat. Okay. Now managing and creating success, successful teams is, 
is, is one aspect of, of a top executive, but leadership role is another thing. So um, could you give maybe an, a description of your leadership style? Maybe let's turn the question around. How do you think people that work for you, that they talk about you when you're not around? How do you think you're perceived as a leader? And, 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 um, and, and does that match, you think, what your leadership vision is? I hope so. <laughs> uh, definitely uh, not all the time there. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm growing every, every day, every morning I'm, I'm standing up. I'm, I'm repeating my mantra uh, in order to, uh, uh, to get there. But yes, I think um, if, when, when teams, integrity is one, of the, one very important part of my, mm -hmm. of my management style. And um, I hope I get this and at least from those who, who tell me, they, they, they tell me, so I don't know what I don't know, right? But um, that, that's a very important point. So I think um, making sure that we can, that we can develop that further, mm -hmm. um, I hope um, to leave uh, that ideas of, of, of openness, of respect, um, and of, of teams being able to work together. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about your personality, because I believe being a... a, a top executive and your success has to do with the way that you're wired, how your brain works with your core values and your personality. Mm -hmm. I think there's a big correlation uh, be, uh, between success and how you are as a, as a person. So you shared with us that your MBTI profile is uh, ENTP, yes. also known as the visionary or as the debater. And an ENTP is a person with extroverted, intuitive thinking, and prospecting personality traits. And they tend to be bold. They tend to be creative. They like to deconstruct and rebuild ideas uh, and with great mental agility. And they pursue their goals vigorously despite any resistance that they might encounter. I mean, what a beautiful personality. And I must commit uh, or I must uh, uh, disclose I have the same <laughs> MBTI personality profile. So. In order to discuss this, what I'm going to do, Hans, is um, give you five strengths of typical ENTPs and you tell me where do you recognize yourself and how does that help you in your role here at Red Hat. So typical ENTPs, they are knowledgeable, they're quick thinkers, we like to uh, debate, we like to brainstorm, we like to have original ideas and, and, and uh, they, they tend to be charismatic and energetic. Where do you recognize yourself most and how does that help you in your job? Yeah, I think um, if, I, if I take uh, maybe three of them, uh, which probably drive also a couple of people working with me mad every day in a positive way, is uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty energetic. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I love decomposing problems, right? So, um, and um, I think that is... That is um, I would say on a debate level or whatever. I've, I think there, there's one there's one saying, right? I mean, uh, of of Einstein, basically. I, I don't know if I have the exact words, but it goes like, um, I'd rather spend fifty. If I have an hour, I'd rather spend fifty minutes on understanding the problem and uh, and ten minutes on the solution, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something I'm I'm, I'm trying to, um, as a leader, right? Obviously, help the teams to do. Think about where the problem is coming from. What, what are we talking about, yeah. right? Before we're getting into a solution mode, which is sometimes uh, very much easier. Yeah, so, and I mean, that's probably the, 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 the core elements. I mean, it's the debate, 
it's the type of 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 uh, energetics and the uh, the decomposing and the uh, you know starting from scratch uh, uh, in order to do things okay. uh, is 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 the areas. Yeah. Now every coin has two sides. So there's the bright side, there's the dark side. So the dark side of ENTPs, the development areas of ENTPs. Or that, uh, or the weaker weak points can be that they can be very argumentative. We want to win the argument, right? Uh, and in that, we can sometimes be insensitive, intolerant if things go too slow. <coughs> we can have difficulties to focus, to focus, and sometimes we uh, dislike practical manners. What was your biggest challenges on on the weaknesses on the development areas, and how did you overcome that? How did you grow as a professional? I have two things which I can, uh, and there's also other uh, um, like uh, uh, inventories like Gallup or uh, things like that, right? I, I was been using. So um, I, I have this syndrome. I don't know if this relates with some. Um, if I'm the first one on a traffic sign, right, and the sign, I have to be the first one who is starting uh, uh, when when it's getting yellow to green, right? I, I mean, it's kind of like. I don't know, my body is reacting to that, right? So um, that's one of the challenges I'm having and actually a challenge also for, for the team because I'm, with, with being an ENTP, I'm also pride, uh, pretty, pretty competitive, right? And that's not always a good thing, right? Because you, you, you lose the temper, you lose kind of like, uh, you lose the, uh, in the debate, you lose the argument, you want to, to win at the end of the day. So um, I've done quite some training for myself also around uh, stepping back and, and looking like uh, trying to be, you know, this eye of God thing, right? Just like step back, hold back uh, in order to do that. I think that's one of the, one of the areas um, for me which, which was very important, which I was working on. Another thing is um, that you can lose the team. Uh, I mean, we with our profile, um, let's say there, there, is a, there is a threat um, to, to lose the team by opening too many boxes or, or uh, decomposing too many things, uh, re-challenging re everything uh, which is already yeah, there the, every the day. Every moment if necessary. People want security. Yeah. People don't want to always think about, I mean, uh, so, uh, I mean, we, we, we had some, um, and it reminds me that I need to do this uh, uh, again and again and again. You need to check back in with the team where they are. You need to check back uh, if, if, uh, uh, if, if that is the case. Listen to the most silent person in the room, right? Uh, uh, and not only listen when they speak, but ask them to speak up, yeah. right? So this is kind of like the things as a leader I, I've, I've, uh, I'm trying to make up with, uh, let's say, the dark side of our, <laughs> of our profile, yeah? Hans, do you have a personal mantra and, and how do you use it? Yes, my mantra is it's all right. Um, and it's all right to fail. It's all right to continue. It's all right to uh, to, to go ahead. Um, I remind myself every day to that uh, mantra when I wake up. Actually, um, that um, it's just another day in life uh, to continue and 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 to work on that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that's 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 basically uh, I think core core of my mantra. Okay. And does that mean that we have to take life as it presents itself to us? Is that what the, the core meaning is of that? Um, we don't have to, um, but uh, we, we should not get ourselves into, uh, into too much of an anger or, or to get too much affected with things which are happening around us. It's okay. It's okay to, uh, um, to um, 
well, to succeed, it's okay to not succeed, right? I think the core thing here is about the learning and the, the journey we are in, right? So to keep on the journey, yeah. uh, keep on focusing on, 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 on learning, on changing, on, 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 on doing things, right? And don't get disrupted. Okay. Now, Hans, you shared with us that you're married, you have two children, they're 18 and 20 years old. And so um, what I wanted to know is, what are your core values? What are the values that you're passing on to your children, uh, the values that you want to see them grow up with? Yeah. One of the core values I have, um, or we, I have to say, I mean, I'm, I'm part of the family, right? So I have to say. Um, so we have, we have uh, given them is to have an opinion. Mm -hmm. I think it's extremely important to have an opinion um, to know what you're doing um, and to actively talk about what you're doing and to be uh, to be true to yourself there, right? I mean, keep on keep on uh, uh, building your mindset. Keep on uh, having that opinion in terms of uh, what you want to learn, right? Where do you want to be? Why do you want to be there, right? Is another very important point we are giving to our children in order to to reflect that and basically respect everyone around you. Um, I have uh, I have lived all my life in I mean I'm by the time I was uh, uh, 16 uh, 17 I've already lived in probably six or seven different cities okay. right because we travel we we barely moved so much so for me and that's a value I, I, I give to my children as well don't take it for granted right you have uh, it's it's I mean you can move on but you need to be very clear with yourself okay. Who are the people that you look up to? Who are the mentors in your life, that people, important people that you learned from? And what is it that you learned? Maybe give an example of what you learned from somebody. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's hard to probably find that one single mentor which kind of like changed your life. Yeah. And uh, I mean, giving my, 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 my mantra, I don't believe in that anyhow, right? Mm -hmm. um, but um, yes, I think um, there were many, many people over the time uh, to basically get me to the place where I am today, mm -hmm. um, which, is, uh, which is important. And uh, maybe I, I talk about something which is not so much related to, to the business, right? Uh, sure. But um, something in my, in my young ages, when I'm, when I, uh, which is still keeping up in my mind. So I, I was playing tennis, mm -hmm. and I was playing tennis with my right hand. And I always had a problem with my backhand volley, all, all the time. So my, my, my coach was kind of like driving me crazy about this, right? And one day he said, okay, we're trying something completely new. Take the racket in your left hand, you know, try that. Because my body wasn't properly standing to the net and so on. Um, so I played actually for one hour with my left hand. Mm -hmm. And after that hour, I knew how to play my backhand volley with my right hand. Uh, because I changed completely my perspective of, of doing things. So that is something which, um, um, which I think is, is, is it's, it's a symbol mm -hmm. um, for things. Uh, change your perspective and uh, you will see new things. Yep. So that was one of the things I would say as a, from a mentorship point of view, which kind of like helps me today as well. It's a good uh, tennis trainer. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Super. I mean... We're very fortunate, right? And you made uh, quite a career and, 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 and you're very successful in life. But uh, if you look back, what it was, and, and I'm sure your family and your wife and your children are very important, but outside of, of that, what would you describe as the best thing that has ever happened to you in your life? 
I knew that you were asking me that, so I was preparing myself a little bit for it. And uh, yes, I mean, outside of the family and, 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 uh, and these personal things, I guess I really have to say that one of the best things happened to me in the last 10 years is to join that company here. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that, I mean, to join Red Hat, and I'm not saying that um, because I'm sitting now here. Uh, I'm saying that because um, I have... Uh, I have been able to really manage my my style, my personality inside of Red Hat, mm -hmm. like um, and and to build this even further, yeah. um, like what has not been been able to do before, and uh, that's 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 one of the fortunate things I think, and I'm I'm thankful for that okay. um, to all my colleagues as well to tolerate my uh, that with me, uh, but I think that's really good. The flip side of that is that we also everybody encounters uh, bad things in their life. So maybe you want to share one of the worst things that have happened in your life, professional or personal, and, and how did you overcome that? What did you learn from that? Yeah, so um, let's look at it from a professional point of view. Um, um, worst things. So, um, and there is, the worst things are the, the days of defeat, I would say, right? So um, I remember um, time when I was really... Um, getting into, we wanted to win a certain tender. It was, um, it was not within Red Hat, it was with my old company, and uh, we were flying in the whole team <coughs> to this place uh, week and week and week. It took us a lot of money and a lot of passion, and then uh, we're basically learning, um, I mean, that's after the fact now, kind of like throw, throw good money after bad money. Right? We lost the deal from the f in the first day, yeah. okay? We just couldn't accept it. Yeah. So that was one of the of the of the of the times where I was really, um, I'd say, very much. It, it was a, a bad day or a, a worse thing that that happened to me. The learning out of that for me was really um, to to listen to your senses, right? Because I was not listening to myself, right? I was just saying we spend already that amount and, and we have to be there and we have to be there. So that's a learning for me, which I, I mean, it's fortunately is a many, many years ago. So yeah. I was able to use that learning, but that's one of the things. Uh, Take your losses, move on to the next thing and the next yes, opportunity. And, yeah. and, but understand when you lose. Yeah. Okay. In your life, Hans, what is it that you really love most? I mean, I tell you, I have this saying, uh, I hate it more to lose than I love it to win. Okay. Uh, if you think about it, it comes back to our, our threat here, right? But um, I really, I, I mean, I, I really uh, uh, love and I enjoy uh, being successful together with the team, mm -hmm. right? Seeing people succeeding around me. Yeah. Um, I'm the person who is uh, stepping back. I love stepping back. And uh, if, if, if you look at my CV, I have grown by growing myself out of where I am, mm -hmm. right? And have others going. So that's... That's what I love. That's the best moments of my okay. life. What is it that you fear most? And maybe not only professional, but also in general in life? Well, it's a difficult question, very, very personal. Everybody has the, 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 the fear of loss, right? Um, and um, that's probably one of the areas I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful of where I am today. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, I fear, I fear that there are circumstances around us which is are out of out of our control yeah. uh, which was basically 
destroy the, the, the wonderful time, I would say, if you compare the time we are living in today uh, into history, right? And, and we see what's going on around our world here with the, with the, with the aggression of Russia and Ukraine. Um, that's my biggest fear that these times come, come to an end and, and we are not able to, to control that. Okay. If you look back at things, I mean, you had this, we can, I can say it, a long career already, right? Yes. What is it that you are um, in your life that you're most grateful for? And, and maybe also link it, what do you think is your most important gift in life that you have received and that uh, helped you in, uh, in, in being where you are today? I think um, what I'm most grateful about, and, I, um, and, and that is, uh, I think in, in, my, in, my personal, in my personal circumstances, is that um, I have had a, a, a wife, a family that allowed me to do what I'm doing. Because it's not it's not given for granted that yeah. uh, you know I, I, I you spend uh, all your life on the road yeah. right and the stuff at home is still working and you can go back and uh, you're there so that is what I'm 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 super grateful for mm -hmm. uh, in my life um, and uh, obviously um, what I'm also grateful for is that um, yeah making choices helped me to 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 be where I'm I wouldn't have thought. Uh, 30 years back, probably, that uh, we are sitting here together and talking about my life, yep. right? Um, and um, that, is, that is something I'm very grateful for, that those choices at the end of the day have worked out. Yep. So you're obviously working hard, right? You're spending a lot of time, a lot of passion and effort here in, in, uh, at, at Red Hat and in, uh, with your customers. What is it that you do outside of, of, uh, of, of what are your personal passions? Um, I'm very passionate. Uh, I'm, I'm a very passionate skier, skier. and tennis player. Oh, yeah. um, so that's that's uh, that's the areas I'm, I'm really uh, I'm really spending my time on. Uh, and uh, I mean, that's probably the, the, the big movements. But what I'm I'm really doing a lot is um, which you probably we haven't tested this before, right? I really love cooking. Mm -hmm. Um, I do uh, I do do a lot of cooking, mm -hmm. which basically just relaxes me. Okay. It's uh, it's probably the, the thing you need to clean your brain. Yeah. <laughs> well, talking about cooking, you uh, know our CRNet cookbook. Yes. yes. Uh, we just came out with the uh, the second edition, CRNet cookbook number two, and uh, and so it's it's my pleasure to present you with this um, with this yes. new edition. Uh, a very nice project that we do together with, uh, with Red Hat and, uh, and Intel. Uh, and so let's maybe talk a little bit about books as well and, and cookbooks or books in general. Um, do you have, what is the advice or the, the, the books that you would advise the digital leaders or digital professionals that watch this video that, uh, that have helped you and that you think are important books at the moment? I have three recommendations. I was just uh, I was just looking at maybe or I mean it's it's recent, right? It's it's, it's uh, and that's probably the recommendation. The one thing is the No Rules Rules, mm -hmm. the Netflix story. Yeah. I, I love I love uh, I love that story about uh, uh, creating teams, the culture of disruption, and 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 creating things. Um, that is that is uh, that's absolutely great. I have read another book which I recommend as well. I recommended already a couple of colleagues. It's, uh, it's called Turn the Ship Around. It's a little bit older. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, and it's the opposite, probably, 
of uh, of chaos, right? It's about uh, making leaders in submarines, right? Uh, and and basically being the leader of leaders, and uh, and and that's a very interesting thing. Um, I guess uh, we were also talking about it a little bit today, mm -hmm. in order to get there. And my my final recommendation is just I, I love. Uh, there's a cookbook called The Italian Cuisine, right? <laughs> just pick it. I mean, uh, go, go shopping. Go it's very easy, right? Yeah. Go shopping, even if you don't know how to do it, right? Everything is written down there. Do cooking, right? Sit down with friends and, and, and eat what you have cooked, right? Yeah. That's a fantastic thing. <laughs> so, um, Italian cooking. Very good. Uh, We're close to Italy here. <laughs> very close. <laughs> So Hans, to, uh, thank you so much for your time uh, today and for all your advice and sharing all your uh, insights. Um, these uh, videos are being watched by, also by young professionals uh, that are ambitious and that want to follow in your footsteps and I want to build a career as a digital leader or an IT executive. What's the advice that you would give to these young professionals? How, what is it that they need to do in order to become successful in this, uh, in this business? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think one thing is um, have a vision, but don't get stuck. Mm -hmm. That's one of, one of the areas which I'm seeing a lot. So be open-minded in, in, in where you want to go. I mean, you need to have a plan. You, you need to have an idea of what you want to do, of course, right? Mm -hmm. But be open-minded. Be open-minded and learn new things. Um, take on leadership positions when they are coming. Uh, that's something uh, we very often underestimate. I underestimated in my in my time as well, um, but learn from that. So there's so many areas of leadership you can take on uh, where nobody's asking you for, uh, but it has a high reward uh, if you do that. Um, and I think um, uh, one other area which maybe sometimes we underestimate and 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 young starters don't do as much is building networks mm -hmm. is extremely important uh, in your life. Uh, it helped me, it helps you to reflect. It's not only a network to find somebody who can bring me to the next level, mm -hmm. but is you need to have a, a network of people you can go back to and check in, um, how, how do I do, right? <laughs> what, what, what do you think I am? So I think these are the areas which I think um, young professionals can, uh, can, can really take on uh, some additional steps in their careers. And so with that, Hans, it was really a pleasure. Thank you so much for this interview. Thank you, Henrik. <laughs>